0: You're listening to The Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of The Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of The BarkBoard. And well, Jackson, uh, last week we we were talking about Fresno State and all of its different outcomes, and that there was at least 50 different outcomes, and three of them involved, which which involved Fresno State not uh, going to a championship game. Well, apparently, Fresno State figured that out and got one of those three. So, uh, that game against New Mexico really out of sorts for the Bulldogs, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of scenarios on the table for Fresno State to get to the championship game, but they definitely had to win their last two to make it happen. And I mean, it even got easier for the path for them up until kickoff time. Uh, the fact that UNLV the Air Force just about guaranteed that Fresno State would win the last two games that they'd be playing for a, a conference title, and they were favored by twenty-three and a half points later that night against the New Mexico team. That um, you know, I was concerned the game might be a lot more competitive than 23 points, but I sure didn't see a loss. And, you know, the team sure didn't look like it was playing with the conference championship game on the line. You know, Coach Sedford came right out after the game and apologized for his team's performance. You know, He still gave New Mexico some credit, but you know, most of the time he says it's just about X's and O's and that the other team played better, was better that day, but uh, he, this was a different tune from Coach Sedford after New Mexico. He said it was the worst game, his team's played, and he was a bit baffled by why it was so bad. And he said they prepared well during the week, and he didn't see this coming either. So, um, I mean, back to the drawing board this week, it's hard to come up for why they were so unenergetic, I guess, is what I would say. I, I, there were some issues in the on the lines of scrimmage with injuries, but not enough to explain a loss to New Mexico in my mind.
0: Now, this is a game that uh, Fresno State was heavily favored by, 23 points coming into this game. And um, uh, it never seemed to get going in the Bulldogs' favor um, after they scored their two first touchdowns. Uh, they just couldn't get anything else rolling. Um, and it just looked like uh, New Mexico wanted it more. Um I, I, I don't know Jackson It's it's been kind of the signs have been there all season that the Bulldogs have been winning games close uh, maybe even winning some games they shouldn't have um, was this just a precursor to what we saw happening earlier in the year or is basically um, just something that injuries really took a toll on the Bulldogs
1: yeah I'm going to split those two reasonings together here because I think even though they were playing kind of on the edge all season long and winning a lot of close games that that team playing those types of performances should have beaten in New Mexico pretty handily but I think what we did see was that that thin margin that Fresno State was winning a lot of these games by and you know just having enough to beat a lot of teams in the conference you know when you take Mikey Keane off the field uh, but probably more importantly when you take Jacob Spomer off the field when you take Gabriel Lightfoot out of the equation, and you've got Johnny Hudson limited to very little action. I mean, the Lions were tremendously impacted, and we saw against San Jose State, both Mikey Keene and Logan Fife got sacked a combined five times, and uh, this game against New Mexico also had struggles, more so running the ball, but also in pass protection, and on the other side, I mean, the run defense has just totally gone into the tank in the last two weeks with Hudson and Lightfoot being banged up, so um I, I think the Bulldogs could have kept getting by if they stayed healthy, but I think it shows you know you take a couple of key pieces, even from the line of scrimmage, you know you even if Logan Fife is out there, you kind of think that you do the same thing you would have against Utah State, but you then you add the addition of losing the left tackle, Jacob Bomer and your defense missing two big pieces right in the center of the, the line and uh, I think that's enough to take this team a bit further than, they would with most
0: yeah i mean this uh it just never seemed like they could get their footing back um all from where they were at the beginning of the season the last i want to say the last three weeks uh have really been really rough for the the bulldogs ever since they came off that emotional high against boise uh fresno state just hasn't been themselves um and San Jose State was able to kind of figure out a blueprint of what really works against the Bulldogs, and that's and that's just running the ball against them. They they just haven't been able to stop it. Two games with three hundred plus yards against them. Um, I think uh, San Diego State has taken notice and said, huh there we go let's do that uh, this weekend let's see let's see if this works so uh expect a lot more running from san diego against the bulldogs uh you know giving up 600 yards in two weeks that's not a good thing (laughs) and um and i really don't know exactly what is going on but uh earlier in the season it seemed like the bulldogs were really good against the, the run defense but so have injuries really been that big of a, a role in letting this many yards go by?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at those specific positions where you're missing your biggest push in the interior line, everything kind of dominoes from there. Um, the, the DNs, they start trying to do too much and trying to compensate for missing their guys in the middle. And, uh, it ripples to the linebackers and so forth. Uh, a lot of missed tackles as well, even when there was opportunities to do it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been totally out of sorts. We haven't seen the run defense look like this since early in the 2022 season. Um, that was before Johnny Hudson really got going. And, um, you know, ever since he's kind of cemented himself in the starting lineup, uh, there hasn't been anything since they lost to Boise State in the regular season that indicated any sort of weakness in the run defense. And at the very least, they would prevent the big runs. And those have happened as well the last two weeks. So, um, now you have to go back to 2018 to find a player who had run for 200 yards against the Bulldogs, and, and now it's happened as well in back-to-back weeks. Both the Spartans and the Lobos starting running backs have hit 200 yards. So um, you can't blame all of that on a couple of injuries, but it's the biggest thing I can point to at least.
0: Yeah, and, and it's um... – <clears throat> Right now, uh, I know Bulldog fans are really kind of trying to figure out what exactly happened here in the last uh, few weeks. You know, going from a possible New Year's Six Bowl to um, trying to figure out if they're going to be going to the Hawaii Bowl, <laughs> so to speak. Um, right now, um, there's really no idea exactly where the Bulldogs are going to go, unless you kind of have some sort of an update as to what the the bowl outlook is looking like for them.
1: You know it's tough because there's not really much of a pecking order in the Mountain West. Most conferences, you know, you got your second place, third place, fourth place bowls, but um, in the Mountain West, there's just the LA Bowl at top, and then it's kind of a free for all after that. Just trying to figure out what fits best for everyone and what's most convenient, and which teams haven't had to travel to certain places. You know, they usually don't like to send teams to Hawaii twice in one year or Boise twice in one year, and those are two places the Bulldogs haven't been this season. So that would uh, make some sense if they end up in one of those two games. Uh, Arizona bowl is also one that president state has not been to ever. And uh, they've had kind of their eye on the Bulldogs to get them in there one of these years, with the close proximity. So um, I, I would assume probably uh, one of those also, they haven't been in New Mexico either. So uh, it's, pretty much anyone's guess from there there's a few other outside bowl bids and there's some at-large games you know you never know if uh, president state might end up in one of those but um it would be hard to predict any of those in particular to to happen
0: yeah yeah and uh one can only hope it's going to be somewhere um where it's going to be a nice bowl to be at. (laughs) So, uh, but we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, I know by the end of this weekend, we'll probably know exactly where the Bulldogs are going to be heading. um, Because the only bowl that's going to be in question uh, for the most part is going to be the LA bowl and probably the second top tier bowl, uh, which um, unless, unless there's a complete meltdown this weekend from, from, Uh, all these teams Fresno State should already be slotted for a certain bowl by the end of this weekend right Jackson?
1: Um, They could they may not be officially confirmed anywhere until after the championship game because of that second team and uh, I don't think New York sticks is going to be in the offerings for anyone in the Southwest. <laughs> so no. I shouldn't have to worry about that. But, Surprisingly,
0: uh, that might be Liberty.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll have an answer for sure this Sunday, but uh, of course, by next Sunday, uh, they'll make those calls.
0: Yeah. And then we'll act, we'll have that kind of uh, the bowl coverage uh, next week um, as we kind of break down the season and, and, and take a look at what happened to the Bulldogs um, and, uh, and, and get you ready for bowl time. But Jackson, just watching that New Mexico game was pretty disheartening. Uh, even when they, uh, Tedford decided to put keen in at the end of the game. Now, i I, I don't know kind of a head scratcher for me um why did he wait until the fourth quarter to do it um i, I you know I get that Keen didn't really take any first team snaps all all week long um but does that really matter <laughs> uh if you're down and really looking for a spark um don't you think they would have just slot him in there sooner to try and get things going
1: yeah that's what we learned after practice or after the game that Keenan did not clear a concussion protocol until Thursday. So that gives a little bit more context to the situation. You know, they spent all week unsure if he was going to be available. And uh, the way that the practice schedule works is that most of the work gets done on Tuesday and Wednesday. That's basically all the critical reps. Uh, There's a light practice on a Thursday and then a walkthrough on Friday. So if you don't practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, it puts you in a tough spot. Um, it is also worth mentioning that while New Mexico's defense has not been very good up until Saturday, um, it is kind of an exotic scheme. It's one that Logan Feist has faced a couple of times. You saw that last year, uh, Mikey Keene, as a newcomer to the Mountain West, had not faced New Mexico or San Diego State at this point. So, you know, to go to those, to end that game against a bizarre defense like that without any real practice reps would have been tough. You know, I think if it was Derek Carr or Jake Hayner. <laughs> those guys probably would have started even if they didn't get to practice all week. know, well, when you're talking about those types of talents. but the word we've gotten all week or all season rather is that the gap's not all that far. They feel like from Keen to Fife and I imagine they figured a Fife with a full week of practice and a full bill of health compared to a Keen who had not been able to do much physically at all for the last week and, um, hadn't seen this defense before got to practice against it that they probably felt pretty safe with Fife, and it uh, just didn't go that way at all um, and Then the timing was kind of funky as well just because they were you know, leading for most of the half and as Coach Tedford mentioned they didn't have the ball much really the way the Lobos are running it and they still had quite a bit of their game plan they were trying to get to with Fife, and, and that didn't work that they learned <laughs> late in the third quarter um, it it was very, you know, the, the timing of putting in Keen the way it looked on the field was kind of uncomfortable. You know, if he wasn't healthy to start, why is he in there at all? Or you know, if he was healthy all along, why didn't you start him? But uh, I think the practice context gives some semblance of what was going on there. And you know, at the end of the day, it, it was a plan they thought was going to work, and it didn't work at all.
0: Now I know Fife has been here uh, for some time now, and uh, Tedford is uh, high on Fife. But at what point do you kind of pull the plug on the Fife experiment of being the backup uh, quarterback? I mean, he wasn't uh, he wasn't able to 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 move himself into that starting role, uh, so to speak. They brought in Keene, who who solidified himself as the starting quarterback at one point do they kind of start to groom the younger guys uh, uh, like uh, Jaden Mandel uh, to get going, um, you know, get some reps in for the Bulldogs?
1: Yeah, you know, I'd, I'm not calling for Mandel to get the playing time. But I would like to see him just take a drive or two if they have the opportunity just because, I mean, he's never played at this level, and there are just an injury or two away for him being on the field for really meaningful reps. But, um Currently, you know, it's still Keen one five two, and uh, yeah, it's tough with Fife because you look at what he did against New Mexico last year, pouring on forty one points on them, and what he did against Utah State earlier this season, and you can see that he has the ability to lead the offense under the right circumstances. But the O line struggles, especially with Jacob Spomer out and playing from behind against San Jose State, it, it has looked quite ugly. Um, so I, I don't think there'll be any changes this season, um, but then you start to wonder what happens in the off season. Uh, you know, Fife knows he's lost this quarterback battle too Keen, and you know, does he want to spend his next two years even being in the number two role, or does he want to go look for a chance to start elsewhere? So uh, I think it'll kind of sort itself out here in the off season, uh, where it won't be necessarily removing Fife from the second spot, but from having to replace him potentially if he does move on.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know uh, not too many people are, well, you've got, it's kind of split 50-50 between uh, fans and Fife. Uh, some like him, some are uh, scratching their head um, how he was taken over uh, the the other quarterback who left, uh, who, uh, you know, shall, you know,
1: yeah this whole thing with jalen henderson is you know when we were watching henderson play on our way over to the san jose state game and i just got bad vibes oh, <laughs> he yeah. was doing so well and you know there's you would have to imagine some guys on the team were kind of pulling for him and some guys were pulling for a fight at, at some level last year and, um or in the spring so um it kind of feels like <laughs> there's proof that maybe they went the wrong direction but you do have to factor in, you know. There's two very different systems. There's, um, you know, a lot of different things that the two programs do with the quarterback. Certain things Coach Setzer's looking for. So it's apples and oranges, but it's hard to deny that Jalen Henderson looks pretty darn good. And there's two opportunities at the SEC level.
0: Oh yeah, and uh, and that's that's kind of leading to a whole nother, uh, discussion of did they make the right choice uh, for the backup quarterback? I mean. Henderson is looking really good. Um, in fact, he's looking so good that he—if he was at that type of caliber—going um, into next season, he could have really pushed Keen for that starting role. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. But he doesn't. He's not here to get that opportunity. Um, and uh, you know, even though Tedford said that uh, that Fife was slightly ahead of Henderson. Um one has to wonder just how far ahead of Henderson he was. Um and because I believe the upside for Henderson over Fife was probably bigger. Um but uh Tedford must see something and had a preference and uh now now we have to live with it (laughs) right jackson (laughs) nothing we can do about it at this point he's gone um and so now now it makes you kind of wonder uh where the bulldog uh fresno state's future at, at the quarterback position is because right now from what we have seen so far from keen um he can't stay healthy um and that could be a huge concern right jackson
1: yeah, and, you know, um, they've still got some things to work out with him, too. You know, the deep ball hasn't been particularly great this year, and they I think that's kind of been realized after the first couple of weeks where he was really you know, dismantling some teams and, and leading the offense. It seems like it's faded a little bit to an extent. Um, so, I mean, it, there's things to work on there. You know, they've got to probably groom Jaden Mandel here now to be your number two unless you go out. Get someone else. You've got Joshua Woods still on the roster who um, uh, underwent surgery back in August, so he's been unavailable. He was a highly touted recruit, so um, you know, until further notice, Keen's the guy, and they still got two more years with him uh, eligibility wise. But uh, it's been you know kind of all over the place this season, back and forth with Keen and Fife. and If you have to do that again uh, next year, you're going to be going back and forth with someone who's got basically no college snaps that's what could be in store in 2024. Yeah. So
0: there's going to be some questions, um, as we head out of this season, once we get through the bowl game, um, there's going to, uh, probably be some questions as to what direction Fresno state should go at that quarterback position, uh, backup quarterback, or even the starter. I mean, Keen Keen did good this season, this year, uh, this season. Um, but it, you know, due to the injuries and and other circumstances, it wasn't, you know, stellar. Uh, let's just put it that way. Uh, but that also goes in hand in hand with how the offensive line also uh, has played, and they've suffered some key injuries, right, Jackson?
1: Yeah, with Jacob Spomer out, I mean that's been very rough for them to get over. Um, and then the backup who came in at San Jose State, Torian right didn't have a great day and then he got hurt as well at the end of that game he wasn't available for new mexico so they're down to their third string left tackle against the lobos and could be the fourth stringer this week we're gonna have more info on the left tackle position which you know it's feels like even though that's usually considered to be the most important position on the line that one lineman shouldn't tank uh, a starting group like that so far but but Jacob Spomer has graded out as the Bulldogs' best lineman all season long, and those guys that have been replacing him have been grading out as their worst lineman the last two weeks. So, I mean, you're going from your best player to your worst player at that critical position. It does make a pretty big difference. So, you know, hopefully Spomer is going to be able to be ready for next season. I mean, it's a torn ACL, and it's probably going to, it's definitely going to keep him out of the spring. And you know, you hope it doesn't keep him out too far into August or September next year, but they very well could being this late in the year. Um, You're going to be losing one starter, Jacob Isaiah, Tyron Sampson's also graduating. So uh, not many other holes to fill unless you feel like you can recruit over some of the current starters. Um, But we've seen the the portals a rough go for linemen, and uh, they're probably going to have to look at the junior college route once again.
0: Yeah, and so now the rebuilding of the offensive line starts all over again. <laughs> it's uh, definitely a position that is very hard for the Bulldogs to, to recruit at and to really uh, reload at is that offensive line. Um, and so they're going to – there's combined with um, players leaving and, uh, you, you know, players transferring and players leaving due to graduation. Uh, Fresno State's really going to need to do a, a really good job of just trying to plug the holes at that offensive line and build some depth. That's going to be the key uh, going into next season. Now, if you, if um, some of you haven't noticed already, Jackson is not in studio today. He is actually sitting at the airport. <laughs> getting ready to catch a flight to san diego so if you hear some some things in the background that's just them over the loudspeaker talking so uh we're going to try and minimize that to as best as we can just so that we could bring you a podcast we decided to do it uh as soon as possible and the only available slot was jackson sitting at the airport right jackson
1: <laughs> yeah i've been out of town for most of the week and then of course thanksgiving and the holidays and such. so that made it tough, um, but make sure we get it here Friday morning. It gives a good uh, thirty-six hours or so for people to listen to before kickoff.
0: Yeah, and we'll have this up uh, shortly after uh, recording this. So you'll probably, you know, if you're listening to this right now, uh, that means uh, we we were doing double duty, double time to try and get this up uh, for you just in time for this game. So uh, we'll we'll get that to you. Quickly uh, as possible now, Jackson. Moving into this game against San Diego State, where you're you're preparing to fly out to, um, things right now in Fresno State's locker room are probably kind of hitting hitting rock bottom, so to speak. You know, losing to a, a team that you were favored by twenty three points is not exactly the way you want to go into this game.
1: Right, and this is. A team against San Diego State I felt like was not going to have much to play for at the end of the year. Um, Brady Hoke, their head coach, has already announced he's going to retire at the end of the season. and It's not really one of those retirements where you feel like guys are going to rally around. It's more so a guy that was probably going to be fired or (laughs) lose his. They already kind of lost the locker room. They've had a lot of transfers out during the year. They've had a lot of decommitments. They've went from a team that's been rolling for a decade and thought they were going to the Pac-12 to a team that's having a historically bad season for recent history and stuck in the Mountain West, for lack of better words. So uh, it turned rather quickly, and you know, Bray Hoke did that program a massive favor by offering to retire. He had a few more years on his contract with a rather large buyout, so he could have for, kind of held that school hostage for a couple more years and uh, just stayed there and uh, or required a really large buyout, but he's going to step aside, uh, take take everything with right here and just exit out after this game. And Again, I don't think the Aztecs are going to be overly excited to send them out with a win or anything like that, but uh, they did play pretty spirited against San Jose State last week. They played a lot better than the Bulldogs did, so we know that much. So, uh, that's enough to make you a little bit concerned. Uh, they were tied 10-10 to at San Jose State last week and only lost 24-13. to And probably the biggest concern is that they did, you know, you mentioned your San Diego State, why wouldn't you just run the ball out against the Bulldogs? And, uh, they haven't been that team that they usually are. You know, usually all they can do is run on offense, and that's about it. Uh, but they haven't done much of that this year. They've been trying to throw it more, and... This past week, they did have their second 100-yard rusher of the season. Jalen Armstead ran 21 times for 134 yards against the Spartans. Uh, they only passed for 117 with two picks. Jalen Maiden, uh, the quarterback we saw for the Aztecs last season, has been kind of up and down this year. We see him have some pretty big games and some pretty porous games like that from week to week. Uh, he went from 47 passing yards against Nevada when they got shut out 6-0 to 265 yards and three touchdowns So next week against Utah State. So their passing game is really unpredictable, and they haven't been able to run the ball much this year, but all of a sudden the way they looked last week and the way the Bulldogs looked this week, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do look a bit more smash mouth. Um Their quarterback, Maiden, is also going to run the ball quite a bit. He had 12 carries last week. So, I mean, that's the key here. Are the Bulldogs going to be able to – recover emotionally and be physically able to stop that San Diego state rushing attack. If they just cross those two boxes, this is a game they should win. But uh, after what we've seen the last about the the last two games from the dogs, it's hard to count on that happening.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is going to be, it's going to be rough for the Bulldogs to go. Uh, Now they may come out and play inspired um, after the last loss. Um, but the way things are looking right now with injuries, um, it, it key injuries, uh, specifically the offensive line, really, uh, really is the glaring one right now. Um, and then the uncertainty of what is happening back at the quarterback position. Um, this could be this could turn out to be a very long day, a very long day for the Bulldogs. Now, if the Bulldogs win, maybe a couple other teams lose. They may get a better bowl, <laughs> but um, but the 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 chance of getting into a uh, into the Cham- mountain west championship uh, that ship has sailed. Uh, so regardless of what the bulldogs do in this game, um, they will uh, their hopes of a, a championship game is completely uh, gone uh, out the window. Uh, but taking a look at this game, Jackson this this game could really be. Either the Bulldogs come out and play, or they could really struggle again in this game uh, for the third week in a row, right?
1: Right. And, you know, I'm leaning towards as bad as uh, (laughs) Saturday felt, and I felt pretty hopeless for the next couple of days, that they probably look just about the same against San Diego State. But, um, you know, I think when you factor in Mikey Keen's been healthy this week, he's had a full week of practice, they're ready to go and let him loose there changing at left tackle again, so at least there's some optimism that that'll get better. Uh, Johnny Hudson looks like he's a little bit healthier. You know, Maybe we'll see if you Gabriel Lightfoot plays. So it, it feels like there's a little bit of positive momentum at those critical holes that have sunk the dogs over the last game and a half. Um, so, you know, Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, I think keen what we learned the last two games is that the gap is probably wider than what the coaches have suggested. <laughs> After we saw that Utah State performance from Fife, I felt like you could pretty much go with either of them. But what we've seen now the last couple of weeks, it, I mean, even the last drive or two that Keen had, even a couple of throws into the turf, they still move the ball a little bit better, uh, albeit against the pre defense. But it did feel like there was some sort of spark, while not nearly enough to come back against Lobos. So, I think there's going to be enough there. I think they'll have enough energy. I think there won't be that much energy for San Diego State. I'm expecting a close game. Um, I'm not expecting the Bulldogs to look at future as they have for the last couple of weeks. So I think it'll be closely contested, but I think there'll be enough for them to, to pull it out. As unconfident as I feel after watching that game last week, uh, I think. We'll probably see just enough for them to get out of this regular season with a win, and you know, try to rally again for a bowl game and, and get that sense. Uh, you
0: you've got to think that the the Bulldogs' defense is going to have a chip on its shoulder um, after the last couple of weeks, especially giving up 300 yards uh, per game. Um, there's got to be a little bit of motivation to not let that happen again, right, Jackson?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I I'd hope that was going to be what they would come out against New Mexico with against the Lobo team that yeah, that, that offense is pretty good. Um, when you look at what they do and the balance that they have, in fact, I, I felt like if the game was close, that they would have had a lot more points than they did uh, about third, early fourth quarter. Um, but the style of how it happened with the run heavy aspect of the Lobos, that I didn't see that coming. And so, uh, they definitely need to redeem themselves and you know, we'll see if they've had that chip on their shoulder this week or if they've kind of wallowed in the loss, and if they come out looking like that again. But uh, for me, it's going to be mostly about what the defensive tackle looks like. Is it going to be Hudson and Lightfoot? Is it going to be neither of them or you know the very limited version of Hudson we saw last week? Uh, I think those two guys are the key for turning around that run defense.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and they really are going to be coming out uh, trying to slow this uh, run game down of San Diego tries uh, to run it. Uh, but, Jackson, let's take a look at it on paper like we have every week. Let's start off with Fresno State's defense taking on San Jose State's offense. And what do you see here?
1: Yeah, San Diego State's offense, they run. The, the quarterback run is kind of that extra element uh, that you have to worry about. Um, they're not the smashmouth team they've been in the past. So we saw a bit of that last year. They spread things out a little bit more and um, throw the ball around quite a bit. And they tried to double down on that this season, but they kind of lost the, themselves and their identity this year by doing that. Uh, not only did they give up a lot of what they do in the running game, but they just haven't been good enough in the passing game to compensate for that. So um, you, know, you should be able to see when those runs are coming. They haven't been very Successful at it up until this last week. Um, Jalen Armstead's going to be the big one you got to worry about. Had uh, 100 plus yards last year, but or last week, but he's only got 407 yards on the season um, on average. They're only averaging a little over four yards to carry this season, which is a lot less than New Mexico and San Jose State were. So it does seem pretty manageable. Um, yeah, I mean Armstead before last week he had less than 50 yards, like, over the four games before that combined. So um, a little bit of a head-scratcher why he went off against the Spartans, but he'll come in hot for this game. Uh, Jaden Maiden, not a great arm, nine touchdowns, nine interceptions, completing a little over 60% of his passes. He's under 2,000 yards for the air, so not a huge threat, but they can make some plays. And, again, the biggest thing about him is his legs. He leads the team and carries with 114. He's also got a little over 400 yards rushing, got a 56-yard run under his belt and a few touchdowns. So I think the big thing for me here is just, one, basically it's not being the basic run game, which Fresno State has failed to do the last couple of weeks. And then, two, making sure you don't let Maiden get loose as a quarterback as well. That's only going to make things more difficult if he adds to that running attack. Uh, Through the air, they don't have many weapons. Their tight end, Mark Redman, actually leads the team in receptions and yards, but not huge numbers at 34 for 368, three touchdowns. Uh, They've got kind of a a deep group of receivers that are all kind of average or so, not a lot of huge threats there. So it's going to come down to the trenches in the running game, and we'll see if the Bulldogs can come back to life or if they're going to roll over again.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely gonna uh, you know, we got to see if this bulldog defense really has some life left in it after two straight um, devastating losses defensively. Uh, so that's definitely gonna be uh one to watch to see how the Bulldogs kind of bounce back from uh, from what they haven't been able to do in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, moving on, Jackson, uh, we've got now Fresno State's offense taking on San Diego State's defense. Now, uh, San Diego State's defense has been notoriously one to give Fresno State some fits in the past. Are we going to see more of that, or is it, or is it pretty tame this year?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, they have not been very strong. You know, they've last few weeks, you know, they've lost the last four games in a row, but it's not because they've been giving up a ton of points necessarily. They've all been pretty close games. They've all kind of been under that 30-point range on both sides. Um, so, you know, it hasn't been terrible by any means. It's not the San Diego State defense we used to see. schematically, you know, they still run a lot of that 3-3-5, um, but statistically they have not been great. Um Again, 24 points to San Diego State last week, 22 to Colorado State, 32 to Utah State. So that's kind of been the range they've been at the last few weeks. And normally, those types of points would be enough for the Bulldogs to win. But uh, given the status of the defense, you never know right now. Um, statistically, individually, again, not a lot of stars here. They've had quite a few players transferred out. Um, they had a few drafted as well the last couple of years. So a lot of the stars are kind of departed. Uh, they had a couple of DBs also hit the portal to the power five schools. So it's a depleted defense athletically. They do have, as you would expect, a couple of those linebackers that are still putting up a lot of tackles. Uh, Zyrus Faisal and Cody Moon are both 64-59 tackle type guys. They've got a pair of safeties as well. Darius Barfield and Marcus Ratcliffe that have had pretty good years. Um, and then the guy from Fresno is John Malone he's been probably the best player on defense it's just that cornerback it's hard to rack up a lot of stats he still has 42 tackles which is a lot for a cornerback uh, just one interception and six pass deflections but when you look at some of the analytics and the pass coverage ratings, he's often the guy that is leading that defense in a lot of categories so uh, he'll be definitely one to watch and one of those San Diego State players that will be really motivated to play in this rivalry game against the Bulldogs. Um, but overall, not the same San Diego State defense we've seen. Um, should be a team the Bulldogs can score on, but not necessarily one they're going to score a lot on. Yeah,
0: this is uh, this is probably going to be a low-scoring game uh, from the sounds of it. Um, so this is uh, definitely... <laughs> not exactly what i wanted to hear but <laughs> i was hoping the bulldogs would come take care of business early and uh and call it a day and and then just sit and wait for uh their bowl game uh, matchup but uh this could very well be one of those games that could uh just be a slow paced game um and um low scoring game but i i, I don't know I mean, that's what else can we do at this point? Uh, Fresno State is in a in a spot now that they have to kind of wait and see where they're going to land. Um, but uh, not so much for the rest of the Mountain West. But before we do that, Jackson, it is Black Friday, and of course, with Black Friday, what usually comes along? We get special deals, and uh, we have one going on right now for the Bark Bar. Correct.
1: Yeah, and it's our biggest sale of the year. So if you're not a VIP subscriber and you want to get in, this is the time to do it. And the good news is also as an online entity we celebrate Cyber Monday as well. So you've got all weekends to get on, in on this Black Friday to Cyber Monday sale at 75% off a whole year of VIP. And when you factor in 75% off, it comes out to just $2.24 for the whole or for a month, per year or for the year. So you're looking at about 26 bucks for the entire year to be a Barkboard VIP member. Um, you'll get well. You know the Bulldogs haven't been exactly inspiring in the last couple of weeks. Uh, that also means that this offseason gets that that much more critical. The transfer portal is going to be that much more critical. There's new holes and uh, new areas of concern for the Bulldogs to fill this offseason, and that's where you really want to make sure you're in on Barkboard VIP. We're going to have all the scoop on what the Bulldogs are doing in the portal, who they're going after, who's leaving, recruiting as well. Or while they've gotten quite a few high schoolers already, we'll have the scoop on them and the junior college recruits as well. We'll get access to our recruiting hot board down the final stretch before signing day and see which targets are on the top of the dog's boards and who they're going after and how they're trending up and down. And As well, you get in for that whole year, you're going to get us, our VIP support Subscription and access through the February signing day, through spring football for all the basketball coverage. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it looks like there's going to be, I mean, just frankly, a basketball coaching search at the end of the year, unless something really wild happens with that basketball team. So that's going to be a one we're going to be all over as well. If you've been a VIP member in the past, you know we've had coverage on coaching searches like no other. Um, you'll get all of ours. Summer coverage as well will be about the, the only entity you're going to find Mark, uh, Fresno State football coverage during those summer months and then all the way back in the next football season. You'll be covered all the way through the final week of the year. So, Hope you take advantage. Again, this is our biggest sale of the year. 75% off. Again, it's $2.24 a month. Less than nine quarters to be a subscriber per month. Uh, and That comes out to just twenty six eighty five for the full year. So Uh, All you got to do is go to barkboard.com. You'll see our sale front and center and uh, you'll get in right away for all the current content as well. And everything we're going to have going up today, previewing this game against San Diego state.
0: Yeah. uh, And, and uh, we are going to uh, do the best we can to kind of start switching gears also into basketball coverage uh, on this podcast. Um, You know, it's, (laughs) It could be a very long year, uh, I'm telling you right now, people, <laughs> for Fresno State basketball. Uh, but we are going to uh, switch gears and get you that coverage uh, so that you can, uh, uh, you know, at least have something uh, to listen to f- uh, for the podcast. And uh, and you know, we're going to keep you up to date on all the latest happenings as far as uh, the coaching search uh, when it does go into effect. Because Jackson, you're highly confident there's going to be one, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's it's nothing against Coach Hudson personally. It's just the fact that his contract is up at the end of the season. And, you know, it's going to take a pretty significant season for them to decide to renew it or, you know, give him a new one entirely. So, um, I mean, that in itself is going to be something we'll be all over to figure out if he's staying or going. And if he goes, then it's going to be a big-time coaching search.
0: Yeah, so stay tuned for that as we start to kind of get things rolling uh, and and kind of switch things up a little bit for more coverage. Uh, but as always, uh, you know, football is always going to be the top of our of our list of getting you information, especially on this podcast. But we'll we'll do what we can to continue to keep putting out podcasts. Um, on a regular basis if not every week every other week or so just to keep things going for you now now jackson now that basically fresno state season is almost over um especially with no prospects of going into a championship game, we kind of have to take a look a little bit of who those teams are that have a shot at the mountain West, uh, championship game. And right now it's between four teams. Uh, we've got UNLV air force, Boise state and San Jose state. Now, if it were me, I, I would hope that two of those teams get eliminated uh, this weekend and that's Boise and San Jose. I, I don't want to <laughs> see either one of those two teams in, in the championship game um, at this point. I you know, um, But in order for that to happen, Boise state is taking on air force in Boise this weekend. And UNLV is taking on San Jose state uh, in Las Vegas uh, this weekend. So Theoretically, that could happen. Air Force could knock off Boise and UNLV knocks off San Jose State. Then UNLV will host the game against Air Force, right, Jackson?
1: Yeah. Um, so you've got those four teams, and it feels like almost the playoffs this weekend. With those four teams matched up against one another in, in those two matchups. Um, San Jose State is quite a bit of a long shot. They have to not only be UNLV, but they've got to hop another team in the computer poll since if they beat UNLV, there's going to be a three-way tie at six and two, and UNLV would most likely be the top-ranked team in the computers, um, and the Spartans would not have a head-to-head against Air Force or Boise State. They lost both of those games. So they somehow need to beat UNLV and have Air Force jump the Rebels to have any sort of shot in the computer polls. and it's a pretty good gap right now. It's hard to see that happening. so. Most likely, even win or lose, the Rebels are probably playing for a title. It's just if they win it, they're guaranteed to host. And they may host even if they lose <laughs> based off of the tiebreakers that are out there. Um, so largely, it comes down to that Air Force, the Boise State game. Who wins that one is going to the title. And uh, it's extra frustrating given Fresno State let this slip away that the Broncos could be one win away from getting to a title without a head coach (laughs) operating with an interim coach and an injured quarterback. Uh, They may still get in that championship game. And that one's kicking off Friday at one o'clock. So probably a lot of our listeners may know (laughs) the results by now. If you're listening Friday evening or game day uh, with that long wait for the Bulldog 730 kickoff. And uh, again, most likely whoever's won that Air Force Boise game is, playing in the mountain west championship on the road
0: yeah and that's uh and that saddens me jackson to have boise back in the ti- in a, a, a title race uh i'm going to be watching that one and i'm going to be rooting for air force to kind of pull this one off and knock the, the broncos <laughs> off because uh, i'd rather see air force in there than boise um just i'm just putting that out there um and you know honestly i would for once, I'm gonna root for UNLV to to win and host the game, even though it kind of scares me of what could happen if UNLV decides to get this program rolling in a in a right direction, because they could ultimately be a sleeping giant when it comes to facilities, um, and being able to just recruit to an area uh, that could ultimately. Uh, put them on the map for several years to come. Um, what do you think about that one, Jackson?
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens there with the coaching staff. I was Barry Odom going to be a guy that gets plucked out of there sooner rather than later if this keeps up? Uh, I'm pretty certain their offensive coordinator, Brendan Marion, who brought that go go offense to that team, which has really, uh, I think, been the reason for their climb this season. You know, he hasn't stayed at a school in more than a year or two, and I think he's going to keep climbing up the ranks and probably head out after the season. To be my best guess, so um, but we've seen a lot of head coaches come and go there without success, and now they've got one that's proven to be able to win there. And so, uh, for me, it's a matter of how long is he going to stick around, and could he maybe get poached out of there as soon as this year? We're seeing the coaching carousel is ramping up more and more right now with transfer portal and being able to turn teams over faster and also trying to get those coaches in and out sooner so that you can attack the portal right away so i would expect him to be a hot commodity if not this year certainly if the rebels keep this up for another year or two to probably be poached out to a power five school Yeah,
0: so there could be a little bit of a coaching carousel, but if UNLV does a a good job in replacing coaches as they leave, that program could ultimately turn into a program that could give the Bulldogs problems for years to come. Um And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on Um, that program with the facilities and just the location that they're at uh, being able to bring in the money and all that stuff. That could really be a a big blow to the Mountain West other teams as they start looking at this UNLV uh, program where the potential for greatness is there, uh, which kind of scares the crap out of me, Jackson. (laughs)
1: you know i would also add you know these coaches they have their very little connection to unlv and it seems like the teams that spike and have those coaches come and go it's hard for them to to keep that up generally um i think the teams you see that are good over the long run are your fresno states and boise states who have a large coaching tree and a lot of connections and those coaches that want to come back and have gone on to do great things. So, you know, there's not a lot of those great rebel players or coaches out there from the last couple of decades that you can rely on, but they certainly have the infrastructure there to definitely surpass a lot of teams in the conference that they've typically been behind.
0: Yeah. So, You know, let's keep an eye on games are starting today. Uh, the one to watch out for is that Boise uh, against air force. Um, and that is definitely going to be, uh, one here on Friday, that uh, will really determine who's going to be playing in the championship game. And, of course, tomorrow, UNLV San Jose State uh, will be the other one to kind of watch as well to see if UNLV is going to be hosting that game. Um, And that's definitely um, something to also kind of keep an eye on. Um, But, uh, you know, of course, tune into the Fresno State game, uh, even if it's just for pride. Uh, watch that game um there could be some hints as to where the bulldogs are going to be headed bowl wise during the telecast who knows um but uh i'll definitely be listening in to see if they're if they have a kind of a, a projection of where that's going to happen um but other than that um it's uh it's gonna looks like it's gonna be more extended turkey day jackson uh, I don't, uh, uh, and start to get ready for for christmas time um as things start to progress here because uh once we definitely get figure figure out where the bulldogs are going to go then that's when we'll be able to plan better as to what kind of coverage we're going to have for you for fresno state football but jackson i think we're going to go ahead and start wrapping this one up so that you can go ahead and get ready for your flight um any final thoughts
1: Yeah, one other thing I'd add on the conference this week is that uh, Utah State and Colorado State are both 5-6, and uh, so they could get bowl eligible. Utah State plays at New Mexico. Colorado State plays at Hawaii. Um, So uh, I think for Fresno State's bowl stakes, you kind of root for both of those teams to get bowl eligible so that (laughs) the Mountain West just has more options and maybe Fresno State ends up somewhere that's not on your typical board of tie-ins. Both of those teams get eligible uh, the conference is going to have eight bowl-eligible teams, and there's really only five guaranteed bids, so they're going to have to go to some of those at-larges, some of those uh, backfills that they have for other conferences. And uh, There's so many bowls right now, it's almost impossible for anyone to get left out, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, if there are eight Mountain West bowl-eligible teams, you know there's going to be some creativeness in the filling all those spots, and maybe the Bulldogs get a more attractive bowl. If both Utah State and Colorado State both lose, you've only got six bowl-eligible teams and five bids. You're probably going to get stuck with one of those normal games that the Red Wave probably isn't all that excited about. So, uh, Hopefully, there's some chaos with some of those two teams and we get some extra bids for the conference.
0: Yeah, uh, and and the Utah New Mexico game that is also today at one thirty p.m. Um, and then the Colorado State against Hawaii that'll be an even later game than the Fresno State game uh, tomorrow, uh, which starts off at nine p.m. Uh, so gives you a little bit of uh, uh, things to watch uh, as we start hitting into the bowl season where just about every day there's a football game on, right, Jackson? It's like it's like football. Uh, nirvana almost. <laughs> Every single day of the of the week you'll have a <laughs> So that being said, um we're gonna go ahead and wrap this one up. So if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at Jacksonmore 247. You can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. Uh if you haven't done so already, head over to the Facebook page, give it a like, and of course, as always, head over to the Barkboard.com, take advantage of those Black Friday and cyber monday uh, deals um and uh, we have our free and premium subscriptions but again take advantage of those deals and get a premium subscription you will not be disappointed uh where you can get all the latest news and updates uh up to the minute uh and sometimes before the uh media outlets actually get it uh jackson usually has some sort of information before they do so uh, again, uh, head over to thebarkboard. dot com and uh, and get your premium subscription. I want to thank uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State athletics.